When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome into the Nick Bob Podcast Bracket Preview, previewing the East Region on the pod today. I'm picking every single game in this region. Top four seeds in the East are as follows. You got the number one seed, Purdue, number two, Marquette, three seed is Kansas State, and the four seed is Tennessee. I'm telling you, this is the most wide open region. If you're looking for the chaos region, the the region a, a, a week after the NCAA tournament starts where you look at it and you go, oh my God, my bracket is completely shot. Like this is the chaos region in my opinion. Let's do it. East region. I'm picking every game. Let's get this thing started. All right, starting with uh, the one seed, Purdue Boilermakers. They're taking on a uh, play-in uh, winner, Texas Southern, Fairleigh Dickinson. Purdue wins. Don't need to elaborate. we got other things to get to. I'll get more into Purdue as we progress. 8-9 matchup. Eight-seeded Memphis. Nine-seed FAU, Florida Atlantic. Listen, Memphis is athletic. Memphis is an older team. And Memphis's pressure and athleticism really is going to be the difference in this game. Memphis is going to – they're going to press. They're going to run and jump you. They're going to trap uh, – you look at Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic's good, but their two leading scorers, not necessarily their ball handlers, but their leading scorers have a negative assist to turnover ratio. That concerns me with a helter-skelter kind of a game. I think Memphis just joints FAU, turns them over, turns that into points, and Memphis wins the game. 5-12 matchup, 5-seed Duke, 12-seed Oral Roberts. I'm not going to lie. When I saw this matchup, I went, ah, oh, dang it. And the reason why is I love Oral Roberts. I wanted to really ride Oral Roberts heading into the tournament. I like their team, but I hate this matchup for Oral Roberts. I really do. Deke, you look at Duke, they're peaking at the right time, and I think they match up pretty well with Oral Roberts across the board. You look at Oral Roberts, they're legit, man. Max Asmus, 22 points per game. Yes, he's that same point guard that was leading the way two years ago on the Oral Roberts team that was a 15 seed that upset Ohio State and ultimately went to the Sweet 16. So A. Smith has been there. He's got NCAA pedigree. If you're looking for maybe something that's interesting, the A. Smith factor, the experience factor against Duke's young kids, young freshmen. But Duke is rolling, man. They just won the, the ACC tournament. I think we get a really good game here, but I think Duke wins and moves on to the second round. Four seed Tennessee taking on thirteen seed Louisiana. You know what's hard? I've I've loved I love Tennessee for most of the year, but then Ziegler, their point guard, got hurt and they lost him for the year, and they haven't been the same. They have not been the same. Now, the the hard part is for as good as they are defensively, and they are some junkyard dog, tough as nails dudes defensively. They just look lost at times without Ziegler running the show at the point for for Tennessee. I don't think Louisiana is good enough to overcome the scout the stout defense and physicality that that still is mostly there with Tennessee. So I'm going to take the Vols to win 
and advance over Louisiana, but we'll get into Tennessee more in the second round, but I got Tennessee winning their first round matchup. Next game we're talking, six seed, Kentucky Wildcats, 11 seed, Providence Friars. What a game. Both coaches, little drama around them. First, you you look at uh, Coach Calipari. He's kind of been pseudo on the, I don't want to say hot seat all year with the Kentucky fans, but they're getting a little restless. They missed the NCAA tournament uh, two years ago. Last year, we remember St. Peter's upset them in the first round. The, Kentucky was, you know, uh, a preseason darling, and they have uh, they were kind of on the bubble for a large portion of this season. So there's been some drama around Coach Cal in Kentucky. And... On the other side with Ed Cooley, there are major rumors, major rumors. I've been hearing about these rumors for Cooley to Georgetown for two, three months now. That's been the 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 worst kept secret is that that's kind of where things are trending towards. Now, I don't know. Maybe Cooley will 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 get cold feet, but I've, I've heard from multiple people that it sounds like it's going to be Cooley in Georgetown. And the reason I bring that up is you wonder where the players hear that. Cooley's dealing with that. Like, I remember last year, Kevin Willard was coaching Seton Hall, and there was tons of reports and tons of different things circling around Seton Hall, Willard, he's going to Maryland, he's going to Maryland, he's going to Maryland. Well, guess what? Seton Hall went out and played terrible in the first round and got smashed by TCU. So I'm just saying, sometimes there's a little, there's a cloud hanging around the program with something with your head coach. It could impact some things. So I wonder about that. But with this game, though, Oh, it's tough. I've gone back and forth on this one. Kentucky has been consistently inconsistent all year. Can they turn it on? I I don't know. What I do know is I think Providence has the personnel to match up with Kentucky. I really do. The first order of business when you're taking on Kentucky is you got to be able to rebound and hang in there against Oscar Shibway and keep them off and him off the offensive glass. Kentucky is big time at getting second chance opportunities. Number two, an offensive rebound percentage in the country. I think Providence has got the size, the physicality, the mindset led by Ed Crosswell to hang in there inside. I think they're going to be able to, to neutralize to a certain extent Kentucky's second chance opportunities, which is a huge part and maybe the best part of Kentucky's offense. I also think Providence is going to slow the game down. They're going to keep it in the half court, make it a more lower possession grinder kind of a game. And I've told people this, Ed Cooley is really underrated with his set plays, out of timeouts, based on out of bounds, X's and O's. He is going to test Kentucky's ability to guard actions, guard sets. And I don't know how good Kentucky is in that regard. And then the last thing is Bryce Hopkins has got a little revenge factor on his mind. If you don't know, Bryce Hopkins transferred from Kentucky last year. He couldn't get off the bench for the Wildcats. He transfers to Providence, and he's leading Providence in scoring and is their best player. So certainly something to monitor there. I, I also Jared Bynum's not a he's not a great player, but he's pretty good. Late clock, late game. I think that impacts things. This is going to be a hell of a game. I'm going to ride with Ed Cooley. I think everybody's picking Kentucky. I'm going to take the Friars. I'm going to ride with Ed Cooley and Providence to upset Kentucky and march on to the second weekend or the second round. Excuse me. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by Runza. You know there are a lot of ways to to greet someone. Hey, hi, hello, what's up? Another way is, what's popping? Well, here's the thing. That greeting has taken on a new meaning now because the answer to what's popping 
is now Runza's New Popcorn Chicken. That's what's popping. Runza's New Popcorn Chicken is amazing. Little, bite-sized, delicious, all-white meat chicken that make any day better immediately. I love them. My wife loves them. My kids cannot get enough. Two-year-old Mac, six-year-old Mava are constantly wanting to get it popping. Great for a snack, great for a meal. Pair them with the best crinkle fries on planet Earth, and you are set. All I got to say is you need to get out to a Runza location nearest you and get it popping. What's so hard to understand about that? Get it popping with Runza's all-new popcorn chicken. Runza makes it all better. Oh, man, buckle up for this one. Number three seed, Kansas State. Number four seed, Montana State. So, I... Just called the Big Sky Championship in Boise, Idaho on Westwood One last week. So I saw Montana State in person twice, their semifinal games, and then called their championship game on Westwood One. And so seeing them twice in person, studying them on film, I'm telling you this Montana State team's pretty good. They're a unique team, and I think the way they're built, they're built to give Kansas State problems. Montana State is a rare kind of mid to low major team that is really good inside. They got two elite, excellent five men in Jabril Bello, who was the Big Sky MVP last year, and then Great Osabar. Yes, his first name is Great. It's fantastic. He was the sixth man of the year for the Big Sky this year. They are two true five men, and sometimes they'll play those two together. They'll go like it's 1984 and playing like two centers two, and, and pounding it inside. And Kansas State isn't a very big team. Kansas State wants to play small. They want to speed up the game. And Montana State is pretty good at slowing the game down and pounding it inside. Montana State lives at the free throw line. They get to the free throw line a ton. Montana State is is number two in the country in free throws made per game. Number two in the country. Kansas State is 298th in free throw rate defensively, which basically means teams get to the line on, on Kansas State. Montana State gets 25% of their points from the free throw line. That's third most in the country. So I think Montana State pounds it inside, pounds it inside, draws fouls, slows down the game, mucks up the game. And I don't think Kansas State wants to play that way. Montana State also has the Big Sky Defensive Player of the Year in guard Darius Brown, who's pretty good on the ball defensively, and then another quick guard off the bench in Robert Ford, who's tough kind of, and is kind of the same size as Marquise Noel for Kansas State. And I, I bring that up because you got to be able to defend and slow down Noel, which is easier said than done because dude is a handful. But I think Montana State's got not one but two guys they can throw at Noel and, and guard him. And lastly, Montana State has a... The, They have a former four-star top 100 recruit wing who started his career at Washington and then transferred to Montana State. His name's Raekwon Battle. He's their leading scorer, and he's pretty good. I mean, again, he was a top 100 recruit. He's got talent. I'm calling it, man. I think Montana State gets Kansas State. I'm calling the upset. upset. I'll take Montana State 14 seed winning their first-round game and going to the second round. Next game, seven seed, Michigan State, 10 seed, USC. Uh, the Trojans, USC is tough to score on at the rim. They're, number, they're second in two-point two field goal percentage defense in the country. They're 12th in the country in block percentage. That's going to present challenges for Michigan State. 
But Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard, those guys are going to be able to handle the ball and create. Plus, Michigan State's a great three-point shooting team. They're fourth in the country in three-point percentage. I just think you give Tom Izzo a week to prepare. I'm going to ride with the Spartans to take down USC out of the Pac-12. I got Michigan State winning. Two seed, Marquette. 15 seed, Vermont. So, uh, once again, after I did the Big Sky Championship on Westwood One, I went straight to Vermont to call the America East Championship game on Westwood One. So, I saw Vermont in person. And then, obviously, given my role with FS1 covering the Big East, I've seen a ton of Marquette. Listen, Vermont's going to play kind of five out. They don't have a pure five man, per se. They're going to post their guards, and they try to spray it out for threes. Marquette's going to be able to guard all of that. Marquette's not a team that's built to to overlook anybody. Oshaka will have their full attention just to be ready to go against Marquette or against Vermont, excuse me. Could be a fun game. Could be a fun game. Uh, Finn Sullivan, uh, Dylan Penn, Robin Duncan, some, some good, fun players for Vermont, but Marquette's going to win this game. All right, second round. One seed, Purdue. Eight seed, Memphis. Let me first say this. I hate to pick against Purdue because I love Matt Painter. I think he is an amazing coach. And then I'm also close with uh, with Purdue's assistant coach, Paul Lusk. He was at Creighton for a handful of years. He's an amazing coach and just a great dude. But in my opinion, Purdue has overachieved this year with their talent. Like, last year's Purdue team was way more talented. Travion Williams, that Jaden Ivey, a lottery pick, a top-five pick. Sasha Stefanovic is a better shooter than anybody on this roster for Purdue. Like, I, I, I don't think people understand. Like, Zach Eadie's so amazing that I think it maybe it clouds the rest. Like, the rest of the guys are, like, solid role players. They're, they're not elite great players, in my opinion. So I think, I think they've kind of overachieved. And again, Edie is a unicorn and a monster and all that wrapped in one. He is amazing. But watching Purdue on film and then seeing them live in person, I had their game on Fox uh, on on TV, their final regular season of the uh, game of the season against Illinois, Mackey Arena, uh, March 5th. And my concern was this heading in, and it was kind of confirmed seeing, seeing them in person. Purdue's not very athletic. They're not a very athletic team. They're led by two freshman guards who are tough and good players in Braden Smith and Lawyer, but they're not elite athletically. They're not necessarily great at breaking breaking you down and 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 getting into the lane. I and heading into the tournament, I thought the one type of team that Purdue didn't want to see was a super athletic pressing pressure team well you know who's a super athletic pressure pressing team Memphis I think it is a terrible terrible matchup terrible draw for Purdue in my opinion you saw it in the end of that Penn State Big Ten title game with Purdue when Penn State pressed Purdue struggled turned it over all of a sudden a you know 15 16 17 point lead got erased in the game that I called, Illinois got down, slapped a press on them in the second half, started pressuring them. Purdue struggled, let Illinois back in the game. I think the pressure from Memphis gets to the freshman guards and Memphis turns Purdue over and disjoints them offensively. And sometimes in a faster game that is filled with pressing and running and jumping and flying around, 
sometimes in those kinds of games, you forget to slow down and throw the ball into the post. And that's how Purdue wants to play. They want to get set in their half-court actions. They want to pound the ball into Edie and play inside out. It's harder to do that in the way that Memphis kind of creates the game. That's where I think it's a bad matchup. I hate it because I love Matt Painter. I love Paint. I love Purdue's team. He's been Purdue's been amazing to watch this year. I love Zach Eady. I think their team is is tough and smart. But I think Memphis knocks him out. I think Memphis knocks him out and advances. I got Memphis going to the Sweet 16, taking out Purdue. Next game, four seed Tennessee, five seed Duke. Would have been a big time game if Zakai Ziegler wasn't hurt for Tennessee. Their point guard, like I said, Ziegler being out at that point guard spot for Tennessee is just a killer. They're they're now a little turnover prone and late clock, late game shot creation and just controlling things is is clearly lacking. And then on the other side, Duke is peaking. Duke has won nine in a row. Jeremy Roach is experienced. The young freshmen are coming on big time. Filipowski, Derek Lively, Whitehead, Proctor, Mitchell. They're all settled in and in a groove. I like this Duke team to advance over Tennessee. This would have been an amazing game had Tennessee been full strength. But I think Duke wins and Duke gets to the Sweet 16. All right, 11-seeded Providence taking on 14-seed Montana State here. This is kind of the upset matchup. Uh, I like Providence in this game. Uh, I think if Kentucky wins, Kentucky is going to get to the Sweet 16. Uh, but I think Providence has a chance to beat Kentucky. I picked him. I got Providence here. All the ways that Montana State likes to play, Providence can handle. It's not a good matchup for Montana State because Providence is kind of built to defend the post. They got the size. They're not going to foul. They're not. They're they're okay playing in a slower pace game. I just I don't think this is a great Providence team, but I kind of think Providence catches a break and sees Montana State in the second round, which is a good matchup for them and allows for the Friars to go to -to back-to-back Sweet 16s. I'm going to pick Providence to advance. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And If you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. By Pella, won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. Next matchup, seven-seeded Michigan State, two-seed Marquette. Big-time game here. Tom Izzo versus Shaka Smart. My goodness. Both teams are going to want to play fast. I just think Tyler Kolick's just too good of a decision maker. The Big East player of the year uh, is is outstanding. You're going to watch him play. He's not super athletic, but he's just in, he's maybe the best passer in the country. I think he's second in the country in assists. His ability to read things in the pick and roll, outstanding. I mean, he's left-handed. He can throw little hook passes to the opposite side of the floor. He sees the roll to Oso Iguodaro really well. He's now one of those dudes that is, has become a capable scorer. Like, if you dare him to score, he can go get 20 to 25 points. 
I just think Marquette's going to win the easy basket game. Marquette is fifth in the country in two-point field goal percentage. Michigan State is 278th in the country in two-point field goal percentage. And a lot of that is Kolick. He gets everyone easy shots, especially in pick and rolls. It's going to be a great game, but I like Marquette to advance to the Sweet 16. All right, Sweet 16 matchups in the East region. Five-seed Duke, eight-seed Memphis. Here's the thing. When you have a week to prepare for a run-and-jump full-court press, it makes a difference. I remember my freshman year, NCAA tournament at Kansas. We win our first and second round games, and we're playing UAB in the Sweet 16. That was the year UAB upset Kentucky in the second round as uh, I think they were an eight seed. And so we were seeing UAB in the Sweet 16. And Mike Anderson was UAB's coach, so... UAB was a full-court pressing team. So we had a week to prepare for the full-court press, and the scout team, we on the scout team, we pressed the starters with seven guys. It was seven on five for two straight days to get the starters ready to deal with the full-court pressure. I'm t- by the time the game hit, we were so ready to roll against that press, we scored 100 points on UAB, 100. I don't think Duke scores 100, but a week to prep, Duke is going to be ready for the press, ready for the run and jump, ready for the pressure, and I think they're going to beat Memphis and head to the Elite Eight. I got Duke going to the Elite Eight. Next Sweet 16 game, number two seed Marquette, 11 seed Providence. little Big East action in the Sweet 16 here. Marquette and Providence split in the regular season. At Providence, it was a double overtime win for the Friars. There was some drama there. Uh, Marquette felt like it didn't get a very good whistle. The Friars shot 49 free throws. 49. Either way, you shoot 49 free throws, you better win, and Providence did. Now, the second matchup, Marquette kind of controlled most of that. They led by 14 with 11 minutes, ended up winning 83-75. I don't think Providence is going to be able to slow Marquette down. Defensively, there have been some lapses over the last three weeks for Providence. And against Marquette, you not dialed in defensively, you're in trouble with how good that offense is. I got Marquette winning and going to the Elite Eight. All right, Elite Eight matchup, regional final, East region. Two seed, Marquette. Five seed, Duke. I love Shaka Smart, and I love Marquette. I'll, I'll tell you, having, having called so a Marquette game on TV this year, of all the shoot-arounds I attended, I think Marquette was the best and most impressive shoot-around I saw all year. That team is so connected, and they are so bought in to Shaka. Like, they are all in on Shaka. Everybody is. But I think Duke can expose the biggest area of weakness and vulnerability for Marquette, and that is on the glass. Marquette is not a very big and beefy team. Osui Godaro is kind of a hybrid mobile five-man. Ben Gold is a freshman who comes in off the bench and plays the five. Omax Prosper is a thin, wiry four-man. Marquette's rebounding numbers, they're 319th in the country in offensive rebounding percentage given up. Duke is eighth in the country in offensive rebound percentage. I think that's the game. I think the glass is the difference in this game. I think Duke dominates the glass, gets offensive rebounds, gets second-chance opportunities, and converts. But I, I... it's a big spot for John Shire. I will say that in his you know maiden voyage into the NCAA tournament as the head coach of, of Duke. 
But I just I like how this Duke team is peaking, and I like the path for Duke as well. Duke has won nine in a row. They just won the ACC tournament. I got Duke over Marquette and winning the East region and going to the Final Four. A Heard at Sports Network production.